0: Good morning, morning. y'all. Seedlings and sprouts, y'all head downstairs. The rest of you, you're uh, stuck with me. Sorry. (laughs) So some of you guys might know me. My name is Dan. Uh, And my wife and I, who is not here, uh, we have a podcast called Holy Spirit Soapbox. There's a little logo here if you want to look for it. But we encourage you to check it out. And um, it's a spirit-led Christian podcast of mini sermons. Okay, so they're about 10 to 15 minutes long. So it doesn't take too much out of your day, you know. Uh, but check it out if, if, you, if you can. This sermon might be on that podcast. So if you have any boos that you want to do, save them for the end so I can edit those out. Um, no, I'm just kidding. No, so if you're new here, I, some faces I don't recognize here. But if you're new here, uh, I'm not the pastor. I'm not the associate pastor. I don't even know who I am here, ultimately. <laughs> but, but don't gauge, you know greenhouse community church on, on 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 this okay so just uh come back more things on the way better things no um so pastor jason jason he's uh he's an avid listener of the podcast and um he asked me a couple weeks ago he goes hey can you can you do a sermon i'm like sure you know labor day ain't nobody's gonna be here right you know, so it's <laughs> gonna be uh, nice and empty no uh no but he he's like no i've heard your your podcast it's awesome do whatever you want do whatever you want you know Old episode, new episode, doesn't matter. And, and I prayed about it. And um, when I prayed about it, God put it on my heart to just keep digging into Matthew. Keep digging into the word because he gives us this word. We want to learn who God is. We got to dig into every single one of his words. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to keep going in Matthew 17, okay? But first, I want to set the table a little bit with a, uh, with a little bit of a pretend scenario, okay? And I want to emphasize pretend because we're going to talk about Michael Jordan. He is the NBA legend. He is the best, the greatest of all time, okay? Not LeBron, Michael Jordan. If you have any questions about LeBron or Jordan, we'll talk after this. But I want to set the table with with Michael Jordan and and say pretend and emphasize pretend because I don't know him. I don't want you to think he's going to walk in here and like, oh, Dan knows Michael Jordan. That's awesome. I don't know. If he walks in here, that's an act of God. But (laughs) let's start pretending, right? Michael Jordan comes to utah okay he goes to your basketball gym where you frequent often you play basketball there and you guys go there like oh my gosh that's michael jordan wow okay that's cool and then he wants to play pickup basketball with y'all right so he's like hey you guys are my team and you're like i'm on michael jordan's team this is amazing this is great and you know you're looking at the other team there's no michael jordan there's not even a pro over there You're like a bunch of chumps we're gonna win every single time so you do that right you guys play He's hitting these hard shots. He's doing the cool things, dunks behind the back, and his tongue sticking out like this, you know? And that's when you know he's like in the zone, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is Michael Jordan. Things look good. You get to know him a little bit, right? He's, he's very down to earth. You know, he's talking about the weather, hiking, Costco meatballs, you know, stuff like that. You know, and I, I say Costco meatballs. These are the best meatballs on earth. I'm just going to let you guys know that. Um, but his legendary status, that, that star power that he has, you're like, wow, okay, I still, this guy's pretty cool, and he's down to earth, this is really awesome, right? So then you keep playing with him week after week, and then, you know, he's passing the ball off a little bit more, and you're kind of like taking these shots, and you're missing. The other people are doing the same thing. Defense looks a little shallow, right? People aren't guarding the way they, they're supposed to. You skate, skate by with a, with a win. Then the next week, you lose, and then you lose again and then you win you're back and forth There's this constant wave of just being pushed back and forth and you're like wait a minute what hold on those losers over there (laughs) that are playing against us they are not michael jordan they don't have michael jordan on our team why are we losing why are we losing games i i figured he wouldn't let us lose next thing you know Steph Curry, Jimmy Butler, and LeBron James, they all show up at the court as well. These are all all all-stars, right, in the NBA. They know their stuff. Like, yo, you're the one that plays with Michael Jordan. You're like, yeah, he's all right. (laughs) You know, you have this little bit of doubt in, in your mind now. And they're like, yeah, he's not that great, is he? He's not that great. He's not the legend. He's not the greatest of all time. He's not the god of basketball. Stop thinking that way. And now you're really starting to doubt. Now you're like, okay, what is going on here? This, this, this is weird. Finally, one of the last days you're there, Michael's like, hey, pass me the ball. Pass me the ball. We're going to win. Cool. passing the ball. Now he's, again, he's tongue out. He's doing it from like six foot eight. He's shooting from half, half court, right? And he's hitting everything. He's 100%, and you win by a landslide. And you're like, that is Michael Jordan. That is Michael Jordan. That's the guy I thought he was, right? He's the legend. Okay. I set the table i hope we're going to actually transition into the bible now all right you might see where this is kind of going but peter has been highlighted the past couple weeks right in in matthew 15 and in matthew 16 as he's kind of been the the, the the highlight right the main topic next to jesus peter walked on water but his focus slipped and he started to put faith in himself and he started to sink he wanted to see who jesus was in his head he wanted this this David, this heroic character to come in and start, like, chopping heads off or something. I don't know what he was looking for, but he wanted that, right? He put all that faith in himself, and guess what? Peter does it again. Okay, so here we go. First of all, disclaimer too. MJ is not Jesus. I don't want you guys to think I think he's Jesus, okay? I just <laughs> want to paint the picture here, okay? He does not deserve worship like Jesus does, you know, like Patrick Mahomes, uh, like Drew talked about a couple weeks ago, Patrick Mahomes. They don't deserve worship. They're great at their sport. They're great at what they do. But Jesus deserves all the worship. Amen? Amen. All right, Matthew 17 1. We're going to jump into that. Here we go. It says this Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, those are the sons of thunder, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him talking with Jesus Then Peter answered and said to Jesus Lord It is good for us to be here If you wish let us make three tabernacles for you one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah Okay, let's stop there for a second A couple random thoughts very interesting first part of this this chapter Transfigured means transformed Okay, or In Greek, it's metamorpho, similar to metamorphosis, right? You know, when a caterpillar goes into a little cocoon, they bundle up, they melt, and then they come out a beautiful butterfly, right? Same type of word. An inward transformation that leads outwardly, that shows outwardly, just like Jesus is showing his glory outwardly, okay? So we're seeing that Jesus, okay, wow, he must be something special, right? He's glowing. He's beautiful. He's bright. He is the light. Now next thing is we're we're not sure why jesus brought just these three guys peter james and john We're not sure Could be because their faith was eh, right? It was okay, right? They could they might need to be watched a little bit more in the luke account. It's interesting because um, They were asleep So jesus brought them to this mountain, right? Pretend you're going on a hike with jesus and then brings to the mountain and they fall asleep now, mount to a mountain, or when you climb to a top of a mountain, that's when you did business with God, right? Business with God, quote-unquote, all right? Moses went up Mount Sinai, got his Ten Commandments. All these different things ha- happen when you go to the mountaintop. But they fell asleep. So this tells me that maybe their faith in Jesus, of knowing who he really is, really isn't there. They thought they were just going for a hike, okay? The next portion of this is they see moses and elijah okay they lived fifteen to seven hundred years ago fifteen hundred to seven hundred years ago i don't know how they recognize them not sure this could be a little glimmer into heaven where we recognize each other that's just a dan thing possibly right but jesus had that power to talk to people that have been dead for like hundreds of years so that's incredible in itself right but all of these random ish things that are in the Bible are there for a reason. Every single word is there for a reason. And we'll get to that in a second. But the most important part of this little passage here, these verses Moses and Elijah. Moses represented the law and the commandments, Elijah represented the prophets and the prophecies. Okay? Now, the reason why I brought this whole Michael Jordan thing up, you're probably like, why? (laughs) just talked about that and going to the Bible? What's going on here? Peter clearly has some doubt by what he says at the end here about who Jesus really is, okay? We found out in Matthew 16. He told Jesus he was the Messiah, right? We know he has zeal for him. We know he he has passion for Jesus because Jesus is like, listen, who do you think I am? He's like, you are the Messiah, and then he's like, okay, cool, great. So we're walking around. Next thing you know, he's like, I'm going to die and I'm going to get resurrected. And Peter's like, like heck you are. I'm not, not on my watch. You are not going to die. Right? So he has the passion. He has the passion. He has the zeal. But he's still seeing Jesus as equal to Elijah and Moses. Why is that? He is kind of selfish when he said here, he goes, hey, yeah. Good thinking, Jesus. You brought us three big guys, you know, me, John, and James, right? And we're going to build you a tabernacle because you knew we can do that. Good thinking, Jesus. You're a smart guy, right? Like, this is, the <laughs> this is God. This is Jesus he's talking to. I mean, Jesus could literally snap his fingers and create a tabernacle. A tabernacle is where you would remember. It was almost like an altar, right? But it was a building where you'd go and worship, right? You worship God or you worship whatever you want to worship. That's a tabernacle. And he wanted to build those for these three, why create a place of worship for a guy that's walking around with you, with a, for a God that is literally walking around with you? Right? A little bit selfish. I think he's thinking he's putting his faith back into himself. OK? But honestly, you know, as I, I've read the Gospels a couple times and I keep reading them, and as I read and reread them, I don't blame him. I don't blame the disciples and apostles for having doubts of who Jesus was and is. I don't. Imagine if you're with Jesus all the time, okay? This is our Michael Jordan, right? We can't lose. This is the Messiah. I know he's the Messiah. We cannot lose. But then you get stones thrown at you. You're getting kicked out of synagogues. You're getting kicked out of places. You're getting spit on. You're getting yelled at. You can't even eat wheat, right? A couple chapters ago, they were rubbing wheat and eating, and they're like, what are you doing on the Sabbath, right? You're getting yelled at by the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, who are the Steph Currys, the Jimmy Butlers, and the the LeBron Jameses of the Bible at that time of the Scripture. They know their stuff, and they're over here saying, that is not God. You're you're getting lied to. Jesus isn't your God. You're following the wrong Messiah. And you've seen miracles happen, but shoot. (laughs) Magicians were doing miracles. Magicians were raising people from the dead. So what's the difference with this guy, right? So they probably had this doubt. What if we're wrong? What if we're wrong? This entire time, we gave up everything to, to follow this guy for three years now. What if we are wrong? I'm not going to lie. I've had those doubts myself 2,000 years later, right? I'm not walking with Jesus, so I can't even imagine, right? If they're, if they're walking with Jesus and they have the doubts, it's okay. We have these doubts sometimes here, but We have to know who Jesus is, okay? Let's keep going. Verses 5 through 9. Okay, 5. While he was speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus as they were coming down the mountain jesus instructed them don't tell anybody what you've seen until the son of man has been raised from the dead now god typically would cover his glory for man to protect us his glory is so un- uncomprehensible so unfathomable he had to cover us i mean it's usually in a cloud or a light. we've heard about this with moses in the old testament with even saul when saul was on his donkey later on we're going to learn about this in acts right He's on his donkey and then bright light. He can't see. He was covered from God's glory. But what's interesting is God says this This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. He says the same thing, the exact same thing in Matthew 3 when Jesus was baptized. Jesus was baptized and he said, This is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. He didn't say the listen to him part. But the same exact thing he said when he was first baptized and then now transfigured, okay, showing his glory all across the board, and it's kind of funny, if you notice, God cuts Peter off, cuts him off, just puts a whole kibosh to it, he's like, dude, stop talking, okay, (laughs) like, stop talking, you're talking selfishly, you're talking crazy, and then they fell down to their faces, and they probably realized, like, oh my gosh, we messed up, Uh uh-oh, okay, sorry, but that's the thing about sin, This is the thing about sin and putting faith in self. This is what happens. We did an episode on this, on the soapbox, on the Holy Spirit soapbox, called Salt, Pigs in Mud, and Dog Vomit. Sounds wonderful. Uh, I encourage it. Um, Where we talk about pigs, okay? So I don't know if anybody's a farmer. I'm not. But this is what I've learned about them, right? So if you're a a farmer of a pig, you wash your pig, right? Get all the mud and the poop off of them and all this stuff because they roll around and stuff. And then all of a sudden, they run right back to the mud right? But not only does that one pig run, run back to the mud himself, he encourages others to run back to the mud. That's why pigs, they get in a pig pile, right? That's why they call the pig pile. They all get together. They mash together. They get disgusting together, and that's the thing about sin, okay? When you're starting like pretend you guys are God, okay? And i like, I start orienting myself away from you guys, right? From God. I'm like, hey, all of a sudden, wrongs are right, This is okay i've done it i've done it once and i'm still here i'm still doing things i'm okay and then other people it encourages other people those other little piggies to come over and be like oh i think it is okay that's what sin does it encourages more people to 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 join in on the sin so god cuts peter off he's like dude stop james and john are standing right there so if i know their minds i know their hearts right now if james and john are not thinking the way you are right now, they might because Peter is encouraging that. Okay, so that's what God does; He will intervene when He needs to intervene. All right, and what's funny too is like Peter and Second Peter, I think too, he talks about pigs and mud. He's the one that's doing it right now, and he talked about the pigs and mud. So it's just ironic, you know. Maybe he learned a lesson. We'll just say that. Um, but the whole climactic event here, okay, is when they. Were on their faces and they lifted up they saw who jesus they saw one jesus that's it moses elijah are gone why is that because jesus fulfills the law and the commandments and the prophecies all of those things he fulfills so we can study and study and study the law and we can try and follow the law and we can make sure we have our little check boxes checked off, but they can't save you. And we can read the prophecies and think that everything's going to happen and all these, the end times and all these things. We're waiting for Messiah. Can't save you. The Messiah is already here. He came and he will die and get resurrected. Okay, so that's what, that's kind of the, the thing here, right? Always focus on Jesus. Always look to Jesus. And then what's awesome is that he touched them and was like, don't be afraid. Get up. Don't worry. I love it. I love Jesus. <laughs> He's awesome. Now, and then he strategically tells them, don't tell anybody, okay? Timing's not right. Don't tell anybody yet. He was preparing them for his death, all right? Okay. Verses 10 through 13 say this now. And his disciples asked him, saying, why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? 11, Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has already come, has come already. And they did not know him, but they did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he, Jesus, spoke to them about John the Baptist. Okay, so John the Baptist, we know his head got cut off. Sorry. Sorry. Don't want to get all gross, but he did. It it happened. Now, he was Elijah, essentially. He was preparing the way, right? He was baptizing people to to start repenting, right? Repent, get baptized, and let's start heading down the right path. So he was Elijah, okay? And this also fulfills Malachi 4.5, which I think we have up there. See, I will send the prophet Elijah... To you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. So, John the Baptist, who was Jesus' cousin, was a representation of Elijah, preparing the way for Jesus. And they did to him whatever they wanted to do to him. Okay? Now, we're going to skim through the middle verses here really quickly, but again, I highly suggest that you read them. Go back, meditate on them, pray on them. Every part of the Bible is important. So, in verses uh, 14 to 21, Jesus casts out some sort of demon that causes epilepsy in some child, okay? <laughs> and then he goes there, uh, before he does that, sorry, he goes there, and all the disciples, are. I assume, they're probably like hovering over him, like, come on, you know, get the epilepsy out, get the demon out that's causing this epilepsy. And it didn't work. So they were like, okay, Jesus, can you do this? Yes, did it, and within that hour, he was healed, but then he was just like, they were all like, why, why couldn't we do it? We did it in your name. Why couldn't we heal this kid? And I could just picture kind of Jesus, like, sitting there just like, oh, my gosh, like, <laughs> like kind of like lamenting, like, all right, um, it's because your faith was in you and not me. If I say, Ray, here, take a plastic spoon and break it in half, you might be able to do that. You'll snap it up. Easy. Cool. Great. Now take that Mount Timpanogos, that mount right there, and throw it in the Pacific Ocean. Can you go and do that for me? No. You'll be like, you're out of your mind can't do that right we can't do that but god can and that's the thing we put our faith i I could put my faith in breaking the spoon great but if i put my faith in something that's huge in one of the largest non-man-made things on the planet right and try to throw it thousands of miles it ain't gonna happen but a faith of a mustard seed which was the smallest in the region at that time faith in christ or faith in god can do that so if it's in his will he will do it jesus is using emphasis on the importance of faith in him and not self here okay if god can move something like that he can move anything in your lives you really can and we're going to keep skimming here now in verses 22 to 23 jesus reminds them that he's going to be killed and resurrected again he's done this already he said it coming down from the mountain and now he's doing it again okay and they were all sad which i understand but that's where their faith was if they if they had the full faith in christ they wouldn't be as sad they'd be like okay yes that's gonna stink but you're gonna come back and i know this right this is a form of sanctification if you don't know what sanctification is it's kind of like this let's pretend you have an update on your computer right on your work computer and it gives you a little warning we got update Seven days, all right, working on a project, you know. A couple days later, three days, no, I'm not gonna do that, this, this is ridiculous. I'm in the middle of something, I can't restart my computer, stop yelling at me. You X out of it, right? Day seven comes around and your project is due and then you're just kind of like blue screen, it has to restart, you're like, why now? Why did this happen now? You had seven days <laughs> to, you know, focus. Photo- That's sanctification. Jesus is getting them built up. He's building up their faith with these miracles, with these issues, with all these things that keep going on. He's building up their faith in him to say, listen, I'm going to die and I'm going to be resurrected. Do you believe me? Do you trust me? Right? That's what he's doing. He's building. That's why he keeps going. And he keeps saying it. Now, finally, at the end of the chapter, I I want to read this because it seems like nothing, but it's so deep, it's ridiculous, okay? I almost fell out of my chair while I was updating my computer. No, I'm just kidding. So verses 24 to 27, okay, say this. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, yes. And when he had come to the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? Simon. For whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, from strangers. Duh. Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Okay, here we go. You ready for this? I don't think you are jesus already knew what simon peter was going to say he anticipated this he anticipated him coming in okay first of all he's god he can hear you he can hear everything you're thinking <laughs> when he asked peter who do you think kings take taxes from he answered correctly said strangers right why because what king on earth normal king would charge their son taxes I wouldn't. I have two kids. I wouldn't charge them anything. I'd be like, you have everything for free. You can have half my kingdom. I don't care. Like, you have everything for free. So Jesus says, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, you're correct. I mean, strangers get charged taxes, and and the sons are free. So let's not make other people stumble, or it says offend, but it actually means stumble, and get the piece of money from the fish, and then you give it for taxes. God will never charge us. Believers attacks He never would and it's proven by Jesus dying on the cross and getting resurrected for free, right? amazing The worldly kings charged the Christians taxes though because they're strangers to them These kings these Romans at the time they're of 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 the world They don't understand the kingdom of heaven They are of the world so that's why they are charging a tax to these people, especially Christians and followers of Christ. And God's like, you know, or Jesus is like, listen, you know, let's just pay it. We don't want other Christ followers to not pay taxes. And then they get, everyone's going to be like, see, you know, these Christians, they don't pay taxes. But, you know, and then they'll focus on the money. They won't focus on the whole movement aspect of it, right? So Jesus controls a fish. puts money in its mouth somehow (laughs) okay and then and then says hey peter where is your faith right now do you think i actually just control the fish put money in it and then if you put a hook into the sea you're going to get a fish where's your faith this is the this is the incredible part right first of all religious leaders didn't pay taxes okay so religious leaders like sadducees and pharisees did not pay taxes they didn't they were exempt and because of that these uh it's almost like saying these religious leaders these pharisees and sadducees were actually of the world they were actually of that the kingdom of the world because they did shady stuff with government they did weird stuff to to help themselves okay and jesus is like i ain't i'm not gonna have part in that i'm not gonna not pay taxes so the really really deep part is jesus easily could have been like wooden nickel Ping, that's for me and the boys. That's all the taxes. You don't have to, yeah, we're good. Don't even worry about it. He could have done that, but no, what did he do? He's like, Peter, I want you to participate with me. Participation is important. He goes, I know you have a gift of fishing. Whoa, but you usually use a net. I don't want you to cast a wide net right now. I want you to go above and beyond. I'm gonna elevate your faith in your talent, and I'm gonna have you go and use a hook you never use a hook do you trust me so he's elevating just his talent but then he's elevating his faith to even be in participation with jesus to go all the way to the sea sit down right put a hook on a thing that he has to figure out and drop it in and make sh- hopefully a fish pops up right he has a choice peter has a choice he can either choose to, like, do nothing. He can literally go to the sea, right? He's like, oh, my gosh, he's right. Picked a coin and just kind of walk away with a coin in his pocket, right? He could do that. He can pay, or he could do it, not do it at all. He has a choice to help and participate with Jesus. Insane. And now this even deeper even more. Jesus says, take the money and give it to them for me and you one little word and really important here why it's a foreshadowing it's a foreshadowing that he paid the sins of all man and he didn't even need to pay taxes he didn't need to go to the cross he didn't need to die he didn't need to do any of that stuff but he paid the tax he paid the taxes of sin or the wages of sin and he did it all for us and him not just us to go to heaven He did not want to be in heaven without us, all of us. That little word, and, was so huge when I read that and I prayed about it. It was so powerful because I'm like, wow, we all focus on trying to do stuff so we can get to heaven or we can focus on Jesus so we can get to heaven at the same time. And he's like, yeah, I want you to be here. I want you to be in eternal life with me, with me. That's a loving God. There's no other god like that that will actually do what he did for all of us Okay, so he does not want for us to be out of heaven Leads to four points today's sermon number one Jesus is who he says he is He's god period. He's the messiah Period. He's a promise keeper. He's the same yesterday today and always that's jesus christ The transfiguration was an outward sign of an inward transformation, right? There's like baptism, right? We had some people get baptized last week. Unbelievable. And that's how we're supposed to live every single day. He's the fulfillment of the law, and he's the fulfillment of the prophecies. And anybody who believes in him has eternal life. Number two, we need to put our full trust and faith in Jesus, in that. Jesus can do all things to fulfill the will of God, so why wouldn't we trust him? we know now 2,000 years later that he died and he got resurrected we know this it's a fact so why can't we trust him he kept his word why not trust him? right number three God always gives love in abundance to everyone not just Christ's followers God healed the child even though the disciples could not he still he didn't leave the child behind he didn't leave the the parents of the child behind he cared about all of them even their faith wasn't in him doesn't matter he healed them he gave taxes when he didn't have to to the sinners he still gave in abundance and he gave mercy or he had mercy on peter even though peter was talking all selfishly you know and talking all weird and stuff oh, i'm gonna build you a building and put you in a box crazy but he gave mercy and grace to him he has give li- given love freely for all Proven, again, by his death and resurrection. Number four, God wants us to participate with him to glorify him. We do his commandments because we love him. That's why we do them, right? And this includes when God calls us to do something, right? He gives us the opportunity every single day to participate with him. Every single day of your life. If you were blessed with another breath... In the morning, you were given the opportunity to participate with him today, okay? And no matter where we are in life, good or bad, we have to glorify God, because in the end, that's all that matters. That is eternal. Our glory here is not eternal. You could be like, you know, have an awesome podcast, which it is. Uh, No, we have an (laughs) awesome—you can do all these things and glorify yourself, and, and in the end, it really actually doesn't matter. You should be glorifying God every single day. And I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon, a guy from the 19th century. He says, Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. No in between. You're either a missionary or an imposter. We're called every day to live as Christ did, led by the Holy Spirit, right? It shouldn't be a task. It shouldn't be checkboxes. It's a transformation here and here. Paul says that it countless times in his in his letters here and here first internally then externally i also love this other quote from an unbelievable theologian kind of handsome too um it says um yeah like maybe we should like trust in jesus you know what i mean like so succinct um unbelievable yeah that's a spongebob cup by the way anyway so yeah so this is um no but seriously (laughs) We always preach on, on, on the soapbox that, listen, trusting in God is like the first step. It's really important. Trusting in him and surrendering everything to him is like the most simplest but hardest thing to do, all right? We have to accept when God throws us through san- sanctification so that we can build our faith in him, okay? Elizabeth Browning, uh, Barrett Browning said this quote, and we don't have a quote for it, but it says, it was not the apple on the tree, but the pear on the ground that caused the trouble in the Garden of Eden wasn't the apple on the tree, but the pear on the ground, the two people on the ground. We we literally blame the apple. We blame the tree. God, why did you put the tree in there then? We blame the snake. We blame each other. But in the end, they put their trust and faith in themselves, period. And we do that all the time. So it comes between sovereignty, between, between God or us every single day. Now, at the end of our podcast episodes, we usually do three questions, but I have one really, really deep digging question for you today. And the question is this. How can you participate with God to glorify him today? It didn't say that, but how, how can I participate with God to glorify him today? Add that little chunk in there. This is not a question for now. This is not a question for 10 minutes from now. This is not a question for just any It's every single day that you wake up. Amen? Good. Now, before I close this out in prayer, when you take your prayer posture, whatever it looks like, can we just visualize who God is in our minds? I know we pray a lot, which is great, but we want to see him, when you close your eyes, as the creator, this transfigured God who loves us so much, that's on this mountain, that's shining like the sun, that created the entire universe, that can kill the body and the soul, but they, he's an amazing, beautiful God who loves us so much. He loves you. Every single one of you. He loves you. And he doesn't want heaven to be without you. So can we visualize that as we pray? We close out in prayer. Can we do that? All right, let's do that. Let's, let's close out in prayer. Here we go. our father who is in heaven you are amazing you are the king of all kings the lord of all lords you are the most holy and we love you we know you love us so much that you didn't want us to not be with you forever and sometimes we put our faith in ourselves and and we fall short and we do these things to ourselves that lead us down these rotten paths these rotten roads that we don't belong on but you gave us the right narrow road to go by in Jesus the Christ. You came to your earth that you created. You were whipped and beaten by the people that you created. And then you died on a cross, on a hill that you created. But you did it for all of us, for you and you're amazing. We pray that you can continue to to help us orient back towards you. We don't want to orient away from you anymore. We don't want to. It it doesn't help us at all. It doesn't help glorify you. Help us orient towards you. Keep us away from this, the temptations of this world that just mess us up every single day, and help us participate with you. We praise you. We give you all the glory and worship that you deserve.